Do we see at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Berzo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. We're going to listen to an interview with Michiel de Man, Strategy Director at Common Land. And we're going to talk about many different things in this interview, ranging from how impact investors can get involved, what the difficulties are and how we could maybe overcome them. We're going to talk about regenerative almonds and how to work with many farmers, farmers in one of the driest regions in Spain. And we're going to look into the four return model, which is the cornerstone model of common land. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Investing in Regenerative Agriculture, Investing as if the Planet Mattered podcast show where I talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil, people, local communities and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return. Why my focus on soil and regeneration? Because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land, grow our food and what we eat. And it's time that we as investors, big and small and consumers, start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. Before we get started, I've been recording these interviews next to my day job and I will definitely continue to do so and release about an episode a month. But at the same time, I would love to take this further, share more interviews. There are many more stories to share on investing in regenerative food and agriculture. More depth, improve the quality, maybe even doing some video series. So I started a Patreon community, which makes it easy to support creators like myself. If these podcasts have been of value to you, and if you have the means, I invite you to support me and make this happen. For more information, please find the link to my Patreon account in the description below. And now, without further ado, the interview. Enjoy! Welcome to Investing in Regenerative Agriculture, Agriculture as if the Planet Mattered. I'm Koen van Seijen, the host of today. In the podcast today, I'm talking to Michiel de Man, Strategy Director of Common Land. Common Land is one of the leading organizations working on business cases to restore landscapes. Welcome, Michiel. Thank you, Koen. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah, to start with a personal question, why are you doing what you're doing? Um, I guess this started when I uh, graduated at high school. Um, I moved to Australia for a year and traveled around, had a lot of fun. And I continued traveling for another year in, in Europe. And what struck, what struck me um, was that everywhere we came in, in those old uh, VW vans, uh, we saw either um, nature, because we spend a lot of time uh, in nature, or um, in economically developed areas, so to speak, where nature had gone. And uh, we basically saw, in many cases, a lot of destruction. And my, the question arose uh, then already in me, why is economic development always going at the cost of uh, our natural environment? And can't we find other ways? And that sort of determined my, um, well, my career, I guess. I, um, for that reason, I've always tried to focus on, well, the business world at the one side, understanding how business works and uh, what are its, uh, its impacts on people and on the planet, but especially also, can we find ways to do business that instead of uh, further trashing the planet, act actively contribute to, uh, to restoring it? 
and that's been uh, basically my my quest in my career and um, that's also has led me uh, about uh, four years back to um, together with uh, with uh, Willem Verweda establish what has now become common land common land basically believes that we need to develop a large-scale landscape restoration industry um, and we actually don't see an alternative to counter the crisis of biodiversity loss of um, you know losing soils worldwide of water stress um, but it also climate change um, and not to, to, to even mention uh, the food security questions we don't see there's any other way than by restoring land both on productive lands so farms and also of uh, ecological zones and that sort of has been the basis of the model we've developed and also the projects that we have developed over the last couple of years um, projects that well promote large-scale land uh, restoration and uh, large-scale regenerative agriculture and we really see that the only way to do that is by involving actively involving the private sector and um, also another really important ingredient is to do this um, on the long term so you know next quarter profits you know they won't uh, make this happen we really try and have a, a long-term vision a 20-year vision actually and that sort of scares off some people uh, but it's very attractive to others uh, for instance we are seeing that many family offices um, you know people who, who think cross-generationally are really interested in this and I think also those are probably the people who are you know going to actually contribute to this development of uh, yeah large-scale restoration and regenerative agriculture um, yeah so the the model that what we have been developing over the last couple of years not only conceptually but especially in projects you know making it happen has been uh, the four returns three zones 20-year model and uh, the four returns and um, I'm sure you've uh, <laughs> probably seen that we've talked about this before Kun. you know we in our view it starts with inspiration it starts with you know finding motivated farmers and land managers uh, to do things differently um, on their land you know to actively start restoring soils uh, to you know change the way of production uh, but the, the the crux is uh, to to make it fun to make it inspiring to to touch people's hearts and it's not us who do that it's those people in the field that are already convinced uh, and what we do is we connect them to others and that you know our mobilization is a, is a very important part of uh, our project um, and it starts with inspiration the second thing of course is you know the, the social capital what we call uh, you know jobs you know people wanting to work together um, we think that's that's paramount there's no way we can restore the planet uh, without you know getting the people actively involved and making a buck out of it and uh, obviously the natural impacts are a result of that so if we are able to restore the soil biodiversity and water um, that's obviously key I think in the in the in the end our whole economy depends on that well and if you do all of that well so if you uh, you know create restoration that's based on you know um, meaningful um, activities on agricultural lands um, people making uh, money that can also provide that an investment case and uh, in financial returns and um, yeah for that that model so the four returns model that's that's that was the concept that uh, Willem basically developed uh, four years back 
um, and since then has been at the basis of uh, four projects that we have developed now. And increasingly, we see um, you know other uh, organizations adapting it, and uh, there's a lot of interest in, in applying it. I think it's probably because it's quite simple to uh, to use. Basically, the you know the the three P model, people, planet, profit. But I think the inspirational aspect to it is what uh, what matters most. At least it makes me uh, still wanting to uh, to do this work every day. day. And and when you look at the the projects and the the practical level, um, can you dive a bit deeper into the ones you've been working on for the last few years and maybe pick out one example to to really explain how this four returns model work in work in practice? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been personally involved most in our Spanish project. Um, we have developed um, or helped develop projects in, in Australia, South Africa, Spain, and the Netherlands. Uh, last year, I've been uh, well very deeply involved in our Spanish project. It's it's great fun to to travel to uh, to have an excuse to uh, travel south every now and then. Um, what we've done here, and then I'm talking about the uh, Altiplano region north of uh, Granada. Um, we have basically identified a small group of front-runner farmers, farmers who are in the almond business, almond production. Um, and what we saw there was there is, um, among this group, there were people really good at composting, other people were really good at integrated pest management, others were really good at you know sophisticated uh, green infrastructures to, to save more water. This is a very desert area, very degraded area. Uh, almost no soils anymore, about 300 millimeters of rainfall per year. So all of these things are really important uh, ingredients of what we would call uh, regenerative agriculture. Now, and, and we found people doing parts of that. And what we started to see was that, well, these people, they are doing great stuff, but no one knows about it and they don't even know each other. So we started to connect them to each other. Uh, and um, that group of front runners quickly grew up to about 20 people and uh, 40 people. And then we started to, you know, do a, a process with them to develop a long-term vision. As I said, we have a 20-year uh, horizon. And what we did with this group was say, well, if you look deep in your heart and you, you know, look into the future. So if we think about this same place, this trashed, uh, semi-arid, step area, highly degraded, you know, people have moved to the cities almost no young people there anymore. How would you see this evolve uh, over the next 20 years? And what can we do to make that happen as a second step? And out of that process, what we call a U-curve process, it's a, it's a methodology that has been developed uh, by Otto Scharmer at the MIT. And that's been a super powerful thing. And that basically created the basis for um, for our project. Um and the, the vision was really uh, inspiring, actually. So, um, people, well, together came up with this, um, yeah, future version of this territory uh, that was green, uh, where young people have jobs that are sustainable. Uh, regenerative agriculture has become the norm. Uh, there is um, marketing going on of high-quality products that actively restore the landscape. Uh, all of the, um, you know, there's great interconnectivity with the cities. It's high-tech and low-tech combined. Um, you know, there's respect. 
all the sort of these these things came out of this, and that have sort of been leading uh, of the whole process uh, since then. I think this mobilization effort has been really important uh, for the for the well success so far of the project. And out of this shared vision, uh, well, we basically, together with these uh, Andalusian uh, farmers, developed, uh, you know, a, a plan for just activities. What are we going to do? So we are going to promote regenerative farming. We are going to develop businesses that have a positive impact on nature and on people. Uh, we're going to restore degraded natural areas. We're going to communicate about this. We're going to have inspirational workshops and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and, and we started doing it. And uh, the great thing was that um, our job was basically that of a catalyst. So um, we helped this emerge out of the uh, local initiative and we sort of helped channel some of the energies. And uh, for instance, there was one farmer, he started to organize composting workshops and those composting workshops, they were tremendously popular because, you know, composting is a thing that, uh, directly activates your soil soil becomes fertile again it's it's cheap to do it's not that complicated and you get uh, financial returns uh, within a year because you know it really can boost your productivity now so we saw more and more of those Im initiatives emerging um, and yeah basically what we did was just you know making sure that uh, people were informed about this and and connected to it and uh, and get the, get out of the way and um, well since then um, you know, several business cases have emerged. Um, last year, we started a company which is uh, a marketing company for regeneratively produced almonds. So the 20 farmers have committed uh, to produce for this company and increasingly apply regenerative practices. practices. Um, these include um, composting, erosion control, water harvesting via green infrastructures like swales, um, they're doing windbreaks, um, all the light, all that sort of things, uh, of course, based on a, a planning for their farms. So that's what the farmers committed to. And we, we established basically a, a marketing company to uh, also get a better return on this uh, produce. Um, and we think that this year, well, we hope to, to create the proof in the markets that it's actually possible to not only, um, well, restore your land, um, productively, but also to create better commercial returns on these uh, regeneratively produced uh, rain-fed almonds. So we'll be at uh, at several trade shows uh, this year to uh, to promote the project to to promote the product. Well, that's just one example. Uh, the company is called Laum Mendresa. I'll, uh, well, I won't get into too much detail now why that name was chosen, but at least it's, uh, it represents basically an integrated form of production where you also not only apply these regenerative practices, but also you try and integrate with you know, other uh, productive crops like aromatics and honey uh, that you can all do at the same place and that sort of reinforce the ecological functionality of, uh, of the system. And, and basically, so this, this is one of the business cases that we helped establish and um, yeah, so far so good. I think um, there, a lot has happened uh, over the last years, and we really think that this is this this has the potential to take off in the upcoming period. Do you want to learn how to invest, or are you an entrepreneur and want to build companies in the regenerative food and agriculture space, or do you work in big ag and big food and want to really move the needle? 
we have developed a new video course for you. Find out more on investinginregenerativeagriculture.com slash course or in the show notes description below. And that sounds great. And if you look at, I mean, this is a, a very specific project uh, you've been working on. Um, in, in the last year, what, what has changed uh, um, at Commonland? I think after probably COP21, there, there's at least I've seen a lot more interest in soil and, and the, the role it plays in, in society and energy and CO2 and water management, etc. Um, have you seen a lot of increased interest and in how, how, if so, how did that change uh, common land and, and the structures you have been working on and partners, etc.? Um, yeah, we're obviously super happy with the uh, uh, developments in the international climate uh, arena. Well, not the very recent one, obviously, but, you know, the, the COP uh, meetings. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a very important step. I think it's uh, we, we are moving out of a niche towards, you know, large-scale uh, appreciation of the importance of this topic. And we definitely notice this uh, in our field as well. Um, we're also seeing that, well, for Commonland, nothing much changes as a result of that. We're sort of an, an impact company and uh, impact foundation, basically. And um, uh, we will do this regardless of international policy developments um, because we think it's needed. At the same time, it's, it definitely helps with the sort of uh, overall uh, consideration for not only climate issues, but also the need for integrated approaches like um, re regenerative agriculture, I think is probably the most important way to, you know, capture large quantities of carbon, you know, um, saving biodiversity, saving soils, um, saving, you know, um, fixing our food problems. So, so that, that, that's really key. Um, but what we are not really seeing is how it trend, translating so these these policy developments into um, you know uh, actual support for the type of activities that we're developing. So what we're seeing is there is still a big gap between the large committed allocations of you know the the, the hundreds of millions of, of 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 euros and dollars that have sort of been allocated to, to tackle the climate change problem and activity in the field. We still see there's a big gap. Uh, there's many investment funds being established that don't reach the initiatives that are there because they are simply not bankable enough. Um, and that, so there's sort of still a missing link. And um, of course, what we try to do is to uh, make the non-bankable initiatives bankable. But to do that, you would need you know, uh, seed capital or things like that. And we are not seeing that that link is being made at a scale large enough. I think we really need many more organizations to 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 fill that gap and also the the right types of money to uh, to to make those small initiatives typically, but have potential uh, to make them bankable. I, I, well, that, that's my perception of the markets, but it may well be that, uh, that there's initiatives that I'm missing, but I sort of see that as a big commitment, big money, and small initiatives, uh, but you know, lack of um, you know small initiatives that can reach scale as a result of uh, well, part, partially as a result of uh, of lacking of finance. And and when you look at because I, I completely agree, I think there's a lot of money floating or flooding into the space. I mean, not flooding in terms of water, but flooding into the space, looking for. Um, places to get to work and it, it turns out to be incredibly difficult to to 
put money to work in the regenerative agriculture space. A lot of times they're too small, too hidden, not bankable yet, not coordinated enough to not connected to the market. And so there are many great small pockets of examples, but but not too many that reach the um, that reach up high enough to to reach uh, the financing. It, what if you would look a year from now and and you had a magic wand? What would you do to change that? Um, that's a good one. Well, I think I would probably keep doing what we do. Um, that sounds strange, but I really think that the solution that we are trying to create makes sense, right? And the solution, in my, from my point of view, is uh, or part of it is at least, and that's also what we're good at. I think is to create the um, the projects that are able to, within time, absorb uh, bigger finance. Not because that's the goal per se, but it's because it's a requirement in order to create impact at scale. So we started with, as I refer back to the to the project I just uh, explained a bit in Spain, uh, we started with you know a handful of committed farmers, and where we're trying to move to is to well a selection of bankable business cases that are ready to. Well, not necessarily absorb a lot of external finance. That could be one of the goals, but at least uh, that are uh, solid business that can become solid businesses that are financed with a variety of uh, of sources, right? And um, we think it's yeah showing that showing that it's possible to basically restore land based on business cases for everybody involved. Uh, that's probably I think that still is uh, the most important. Uh, role that we foresee at least for the project side of uh, of common land um, but i think it's really important that from people at the investor side realize this that it's not always um you know sufficient to wait until bankable cases emerge i think if you want to create impact um it may could make a lot of sense to also to um, look into the pre-commercial side of of business development so, um, for instance, last year, the Almond company that we helped establish, um, you know, it wasn't there. We hired a guy who knows a lot about Almond marketing and is a great uh, biodynamic farmer. So he knows enough about the commercial side and the production side to do this well. And um, we paid him to, together with the farmers, create a business model uh, and a business plan. And that business plan, when that was finished, it took about half a year. To really do that properly um, based on that the farmers actually asked him to establish this company with them um, now when the company was established all the farmers they were so committed they put in their own cash to and their own ailments to um, get through the first year so that shows the commitment of these guys basically not not having a necessity for outside funding no, so they don't. They didn't have a necessity for outside funding. And our impact investment basically has been that, well, we uh, paid a few bucks to develop this business plan and uh, to find the right guy to manage the project, to manage the business. Um, and we're now not even part of it, uh, aside from a sort of more strategic sparing role. And yeah, so I don't know if this is a good message for impact investors, but Perhaps if impact is more important than uh, investment, um, well, these are definitely opportunities to look into. Yeah, the, the impact is, is potentially enormous. And I think that we from the impact investing space have to figure out ways to alternative ways of putting money to work. And, and 
together with, in this case, local farmers and, and together in structures that make sense for all stakeholders and not just for the investor. So that's a, that's a challenge and an opportunity because at the same time with um, some investments, a lot of, of these companies could grow maybe slightly faster or have a bigger impact or do more things than they do because it still costs money. But yeah, if it's locally available, the resources to start, I mean, there's no obvious need for outside investments of any case or sort. Well, yeah. I think that 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 could be. Yeah, I think that's partly true. At the same time, I don't want to disencourage anyone. I think um, in this case, um, we, as Common Land, we acted basically as a business development support. So you could see this initiative more as sort of an incubator environment that we created, right, to help this company, uh, well, start and uh, become uh, present in the market. Um, we can also still. Uh, participate in it yeah, so uh, actually uh, the other members of the company would probably uh, appreciate that and uh, that would obviously provide an investment uh, opportunity for us so it's uh, it's still it, it's not an either or but i do think that the what i would like to raise the attention to is that it's not well if you want to create impact maybe the pre-commercial side of business development um is sometimes uh, well it, it's often neglected as, a, as an important place to create a lot of impact uh, with not too much risk you know the risk is very high but the overall investments are typically low and then you create opportunities to later on uh, in, in hybrid structures etc still participate in uh, in the businesses you helped create obviously yeah, yeah and exactly because uh, especially in this agricultural field where there's not much density of investment right so there's not much innovation like this company is very innovative so to speak for the andalusian uh, reference right it's um, you know there's not much happening there which provides great opportunity i think if you are slightly better at marketing than everybody else and well in marketing is not a very strongly developed uh, capacity within most agricultural businesses uh, if you move it uh, there's not many producers who know anything about you know consumers for instance well if you have a company that understands consumers and knows about farmers you can combine the two well there's no it, it, it's sort of a a pond where there's not many else not many other people fishing right so you can create an advantage of, of being in that place yeah? and um, i think that's that's what we try to do at common land as well to you know create opportunity um because it's very different if you are in in Silicon Valley where you're competing to the next next big. Uh, everyone around you is doing more or less the same, uh, or if you're in uh, in rural Spain where basically nothing's happening still, aside from you know big conglomerates and slow moving companies. Yeah, it it is, it's all about the context and and the relativity of your um, competitors and uh, and. The and and if you look just to switch um, the conversation a bit to what have you been working on and what has kept you busy and maybe even up at night in the last few months and what is or will keep you busy in the next few months just to give a bit of an idea of what you are working on and Comerland is busy with in, in this period well I tend to sleep well still I, I've recently moved, moved out of the crying babies uh, <laughs> period of my life and Sort of now the U U.S. government things that are keeping me away, but uh, awake uh, sometimes. But I'm sort of try to neglect them. Um, of course, with um, uh, yeah, the, establishing these new companies in the different projects is um, yeah. It, it, it's, there's always a lot of things going on, so it, it keeps us busy. Um, aside from the 
like the, the, the marketing company for regenerative production that are being established in the different projects um, at the same time, basically. So in Australia, South Africa and Spain, we are developing, uh, you know, more or less similar concepts. In Australia, one, Australian concept, wide open agriculture is, is much bigger uh, than what we're doing in Spain currently. Um, probably that's going to have an IPO uh, this year. So we're quite stoked about that. Um, in South Africa, we have established an um, aromatics company that allows farmers to set aside large pieces of their land for restoration. Uh, we're very happy that that's also materializing. I think it's a great uh, achievement. Also here we're talking about a very remote area with uh, a number of farmers who have never been in that business before. So it's a big transition. It's great to see that's happening. Uh, so those things here, yeah, they're not keeping me awake, but they are very, um, you know, they're great to be part of, basically. Um, and especially to see, well, with all the difficulties that we face, that uh, it is possible to to, to make this happen. Um, aside from that, we are have recently established an impact consultancy company, which is called Four Returns Partners, um, with the aim to support companies who want to do something with landscape restoration and with regenerative agriculture. As an example, last year we have established projects with uh, Heineken, uh, also in Spain. Um, it's a, well, I'm not sure if I can tell that uh, can say that uh, that name, but there's other brands, of course, like Carlsberg and stuff. But uh, but anyway, uh, this beer brewery in uh, in southern Spain, they wanted us to help them with you know balancing their water use via landscape restoration activities and regenerative agriculture was part of that. And uh, so we helped uh, them with developing four restoration projects for each of their breweries in uh, in the in, in Spain. And um, yeah, so that, that shows that there is an increasing interest of big brands also to be involved uh, in uh, yeah in regenerative agriculture. And that's uh, and sometimes it's really you know you can't really predict where that interest is, but it is there. And we thought, well, why not establish a company that sort of caters? Uh, for that need. Yeah, so those companies who want to do something with this, uh, let's help them with, you know, connecting to the right guy, uh, right partners, uh, developing the right projects or tying into existing initiatives that they don't know about and sort of advise them on that. And that's that's basically what we're doing there. And currently that's, that's going quite well. So we are um, at this stage uh, connecting with uh, well, uh, dredging companies that want to create more added value for their uh, dredging activities. Quite interesting. I never thought of this uh, opportunity, but it's, of course, you know, they move around a lot of soil. And uh, what do you do with the soil after moving it around? Well, what are the value creation, uh, you know, potential uh, value creating activities that you can do with that? And of course, their regenerative agriculture is an important, uh, uh, well, opportunity. Uh, we're also looking into the palm oil uh, sector. We're looking at uh, large-scale uh, agricultural planning activities in, in Brazil. So, well, all of these are all leads uh, at this stage, but we think that we can develop a number of uh, increasing number of projects over the next couple of years. So I'm sure that oh, that's, that's something that will uh, keep us uh, busy uh, for the upcoming period as well. Yeah, it sounds extremely interesting, and I'll be sure to to be checking in and to to get more updates on uh, on those projects as well yeah man we talk with each other more often there's there's a lot happening and i think you, you have a lot of uh interesting um well references uh, as well i mean you i'm trying to get them to do interviews all so that's uh that's definitely to open source that 
So I, w- I want to thank you for that and also be conscious of time. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be checking in more often on, on the different projects and go deeper into that. And uh, I want to thank you for your for your time, your openness and, and the willingness to share the work of Commonland. Well, most welcome. I hope this has been uh, useful and um, more than glad uh, for anyone to uh, to share more experiences. This is uh, it's been exciting. And thanks so much for setting this up. I think it's um, you know, you're uh, right on the right spot, I think, with this and uh, I really look forward to to uh, well to hearing uh, additional uh, items in this same series. You just listened to an interview re- investing in regenerative agriculture, agriculture as if the planet mattered. An interview with Michiel de Man, strategy director at Commonland. We talked about almonds, about marketing, about farmers, very dry areas in Spain, and how we can put money to work to change that. I hope you join us again soon for more of these interviews. If you found the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food podcast valuable, there are a few simple ways you can use to support it. Number one, rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. That's the best way for other listeners to find the podcast, and it only takes a few seconds. Number two, share this podcast on social media or email it to your friends and colleagues. Number three, if this podcast has been of value to you, and if you have the means, please join my Patreon community to help grow this platform and allow me to take it further. You can find all the details on patreon.com slash regenerative agriculture or in the description below. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.